So I've been away um, for three and a half months. Um, I went to Thailand for a month. I went to Australia for a month, New Zealand for a month, and then Fiji for two weeks. So I'm going to share with you three things I learned because this is a Protestant church. It has to be in threes. So, <laughs> um, so yeah, I was going to show you photos. So there was koalas, there were kangaroos, there was ocean, there was lots of fun. So what was going on behind the scenes? So for the fun, the people after having no space at all, I'd love to say that I've come back stronger than ever and it was all easy. But I'm afraid that isn't quite true. And my faith is somehow stronger. But yikes, it was really tough and I was really tested. My journaling and devotional routine was shot. And when I had the chance to spare moment, I did run to God, but I didn't take time out of whatever was going on to be with him. And I can't tell you the profound difference that had on me. Something I learned quickly was that prayer is incredible and communication with our Father is essential. Without it, my protection was down and things that I would usually tackle with in my mind, there was no fight. I did what I wanted, said what I liked without any spiritual filter that I've realized really gives life. In short, I was confronted with all my principles that I'd made when I was had no experience with them in real life. Um, and how do I deal with the fact that I'm a messy, tempted human, just like everyone else? Where's the balance between enjoying life and remaining true to who I am? How do I remain loving and not judgmental within a party? Can you say sorry for something and not regret it? So I spent three and a half months essentially navigating those questions more or less on my own. I've come back feeling incredibly challenged, drained, but very empowered. God's used my trip to not only gift me with my principles refined and really tested, but also with my judgment softened to those who think differently to me. So my first point that I want to share with you is you have nothing to prove. Okay, so what do I mean by that? Well, I never hid my faith from people I was traveling with, and that came at a cost. I was put into a Christian-looking box, and when I did something that didn't quite fit in that, I was judged for it. I didn't fit in there. Frankly, I don't fit in there, and I don't think any of us do. Because we are human, and we can't always be the person we were made to be. But Jesus loves us still. He's mad about what's going on in the inside. Not the Christian brochure that people look and think, hmm, this person is not quite what I signed up for. It's uh, knowing who I am, and mostly whose I am, Um, I learn is the most important thing I can know. Um, That I don't need to prove myself to anyone because I know that I'm not done changing, that I'm trying my best, and God is doing the rest. Nice little rhyme there. So um, I'm going to share this prayer I wrote with you um, when I arrived in a park in New Zealand. So I said, My Jesus, I'm made whole and holy in your love. You are made mad about my hidden stuff, like I've been worshipping people more than you, like how irritated, so, like how I'm irritated so easily by my best friend, like how much I've wanted to leave you behind, like how I'm scared that I'll never be the same again spiritually. 
but because of you, I'm free. I'm made whole and holy in your love. I'm no longer ruins. I've been ransomed by your jealous love. I know who I am, and I'm trying my best. God, you see my best even when I don't. Always. My value comes from how you see me, not how I see myself or the world. I'm loved, cared for, comforted, and God, you care about all I do. I just saw a father lay down his baby under a tree in this park to change them. He laid them down, and before changing its nappy, he couldn't help but kiss them on the head. It's like despite needing to clear up our mess, even when we are messy, unclean, you can't help but love us. It's not because you reward the mess, it's not because you're pleased with it, but you just can't help but love us. It's who you are. You are love and you love us. Mess does not phase you. You love me. You really love me. And you want peace for me. You want courage and confidence for me. You gift it. Help me take it. So, I want to encourage you. Stand firm in God and in who you are. None of us have perfect journeys through life. We all mess up. But there is a purpose in it all. Take joy in this mysterious way that God works in us, the way his goodness is present in everything you do. And really, I can't describe what that kind of love does. It makes me want to cry. It makes me <coughs> feel fearless. It makes the things of the earth grow dim. You know, saying, I don't give a monkey's what you think about me. And I really, really hope you don't give a monkey's what I think about you either. Because you know who you are. You know whose you are. You know that nothing else matters but what God thinks of you. Which you, which is, you are worth dying for. And I really want to ask you the question, my first question. Are you living in that freedom? That it doesn't matter what anyone else thinks of you. That you have nothing to prove. That's my first point. My second point. Well, so it really doesn't matter <clears throat> what anyone else thinks of you. Is your journey with God. But <clears throat> surround yourself with wise people. That's my second point. <laughs> so when I was really struggling while I was away, I wasn't with anyone who could guide me spiritually. So I traveled with my best friend who's not yet a Christian. So I would call home or a friend, my parents and a good friend of mine, They took my brutal honesty, my messy thoughts, my confusion, my doubts, and listened. Took it all in. And before anything else, they loved me. And I felt loved by Jesus through them. I felt his warmth, his forgiveness for my running, his joy over me through them. They advised me, talked it through with me, but mainly they loved me. So if you are confronted with a spiritual battle, have someone or people you can share your worst thoughts with and they'll still love you. They remind you who Jesus is and help you through it. I prayed this after speaking to people at home after a long time of battling on my own. I said, I think I'm the luckiest person in the world. All this love covering me, my parents, my Yavella, my Nancy and all the rest. And my God, the foundation of it all. There's nothing to fear with him. There's only hope, light, healing, growth, beauty, thankfulness, peace, purpose, sacrifice, hardship, but so much bliss. I'm on a bus through the Australian countryside, the sun sneaking through tall wild jungle arranged at the side of this motorway. 
I have nothing but the backpack on my back and the breath in my lungs and it is more than I need. I have Jesus. And while I'm lost all the time, I know I'll always be found. And the things you're telling me, Lord, just the simple fact that I have nothing to prove is changing my world. It's changing my heart and soul. I feel like crying. I feel like flying. I feel like laughing. I'm loved. Amen. (laughs) So I just think that prayer proves how much we need to be loved. We need it so bad. It makes you say things like, I feel like flying. I feel like laughing. I was nuts off my head off love. And we need it. So my second question to you is, who are the people that remind you who Jesus is? Who do you run to when you're too far? My last point, three words, you are gods. And there's not a lot you can do about it. There is nowhere you can go where you can escape his love. Nothing you can do will separate you from his love. You will mess up and make human mistakes. You can decide if you've been battered down by the world, whether you cower from God in shame or you come to him in need. And I encourage you, run to him as soon as you can. Being needy in this culture is so negative. It's such a weak thing. But in the kingdom, I think it's wonderful. It's a powerful thing when God's strength shines through you because there's nothing else left. With God, being needy means you're actually pretty kick-ass. I'm sorry if you can't say that in church. But I think you are. I think you're amazing if you're needy. Um, It is all well and good thinking and saying, I'd never do that. Oh, here's how I'd respond in that situation. But until we walk in the desert, so to speak, we don't really know. I feel as though I've walked through a very fun, challenging, exciting adventure of a lifetime through a desert. I've been tempted, I've given in, and I've resisted. But I've come out, one, loved. Always loved. Two, realizing how needy I am. And I'm personally so grateful that I'm so needy. I need God desperately. I think that's how it should be. So, my question before we worship with the band is, are you needy enough? 